Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is the Honorable Jessica Gonzalez, State Representative of District 104 in North Texas. We'll talk about her historic run for State Representative, establishing the first ever LGBT caucus in the Texas Legislature, and how queer people can seek and win political office. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention Familia. Latinx communities are lagging behind in the 2020 census response. Our numbers are nowhere near those of 2010, which raises fears that low participation could limit the reach of federal programs coming into our community for the next decade. Make sure your home and the households of your relatives and friends are counted this summer. Visit 2020census.gov, that's 2020census.gov, today and shape the future of your neighborhood. Don't be left out. On today's show, we welcome Jessica A. Gonzalez, a young attorney from Dallas, Texas, who has dedicated her life to public service. Jessica is the proud daughter of immigrants who came to the United States from Mexico in pursuit of the American dream. I first met Jessica during my organizing days in Dallas, as the Texas' largest North Population Center, Dallas County, was trending blue, and progressive causes and candidates were gaining prominence. She helped me and other activists build a queer democratic group in the 2000s that not only screened political candidates on issues like LGBT rights, gender equality, immigration reform, and green initiatives, but we also turned out the queer vote to help claim every one of those seats in Dallas County, turning the county blue. Today, she shares how she decided to no longer solely endorse candidates for change, but instead how she decided to become one of them. I want to welcome to the show my very good friend, Jessica Gonzalez. I'm sorry, the Honorable Jessica Gonzalez who serves in the Texas State Legislature. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me on the show. I am uh, a fan of yours. I've been a fan of yours ever since our Dallas days when I asked you to be on the Political Action Committee board that we served on, the Stonewall Democrats of Dallas. We needed more female representation. You're an up-and-coming activists in the community and I asked if you would join the board you did and it's almost like our lives have been like progressing forward (laughs) in similar paths because we ended up both in Washington DC you came to DC when I was up here worked in these wonderful offices uh, during the Obama administration I got to see you at the White House when you were doing special events it was just an amazing time and it was great to see someone from Texas from Dallas that I grew up with in the movement up there, shining like uh, the leader that you are. I'm so happy to see you. Uh, I'm happy and, to see you too. And have you on the podcast, it's an honor. How have you been? I've been good, you know, surviving uh, the new norm as, the everybody, new norm. as everybody has coined it. Um, so yeah, just trying to balance, uh, you know, my duties as a state representative in my first interim period, uh, meaning that during the period that we're not in session, and then also trying to balance my law firm, um, you know, just kind of getting things set up before we go back uh, to session uh, January 
in 2021. 2021. For our listeners that are not familiar with your background, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm from Dallas. I was born and raised here uh, in Dallas, uh, and I was actually uh, born and raised uh, the majority of my life in the district that I now represent. Um, I went district House District 104, which includes, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Dallas, includes uh, you know some West Dallas, uh, Oak Cliff, uh, the Bishop Arts area, a little city that sits inside uh, called Cockrell Hill, and about one third of Grand Prairie. Um, I went to community college, um, which is also in the district, Mountain Community College. Did my basics there. Um, went to uh, UT Arlington uh, to work on my on my bachelor's degree uh, in criminology and criminal justice. Back then, I was actually going to go into uh, uh, public service to do um, police and fire, and so mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that I chose criminal justice. Uh, and during that time, um, you know, I had an experience. Uh, involving some police officers in Highland Park. And you're familiar with Highland Park. Maybe the yes. listeners aren't. It's but a it is, ritzy area of Dallas, within Dallas. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I stopped by uh, North Park Mall, uh, which is in the, the area. And I was on my way to, to class and um, got in a, a car accident with a guy who ran a red light. And my mom and my sister came to my aid. And uh, my mom does not speak English because she's, you know, she's still a Mexican citizen. Uh, you know, they immigrated here uh, right after they got married and have been here for, uh, for almost 50 years now. Um, but, you know, my mom has an accent, but, she, you know, she understands, but she doesn't speak fluent English. And, and uh, you know, the police there was treating me in a manner that uh, seemed quite unfair, uh, considering that there was witnesses that, you know, saw the whole thing. But at any rate, my mom... Um, was confused on why they were speaking to me that way and why they were treating me like as, a, as, a, as if I was a criminal and in Spanish. And uh, the, the police officer had threatened to arrest my mom if she didn't stop speaking Spanish. Wow. Uh, and yeah, and so- That triggered you, know, you. Yeah, it's, I felt, you know, and then I got scared because I didn't want to get arrested. And yeah. uh, I just felt so helpless uh, and I wanted to, to do something. And the fact that someone was threatening my mom that way and I couldn't do anything to, to help or to stop it, um, that really, you know, in, in my head, I was like, well, I want to be a voice that people are going to listen to. Uh, and, you know, it's not that I knew many lawyers, but in my head, I was like, well, people listen to lawyers, right? Exactly. And that's kind of what triggered me to want to go to law school. And so I kind of changed my career path after that and, and pursued law school. And so I w- ended up moving to Michigan um, and, you know, went to law school out there, which I was really glad that I did. I was kind of scared to move away from home. Just, you know, I'm the youngest of four and, you know, have traditional Mexican parents uh, that you don't move out of the house unless you're exactly. getting married. You stay. <laughs> yeah. Or at least. Especially the youngest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially the youngest. And so I was the first one to, to move out of state. Uh, and so it was, it was hard, uh, but I think that was one of the best moves that I could have made because uh, that really created the trajectory of, you know, where I am today. Um, and, you know, with the opportunities that opened up um, for me, from, from me moving out of state, um, you know, that led to me, uh, ended up applying for CHCI, the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute, that as their law fellow, DC. which, yeah, which brought me to D.C., um, I was in D.C. for a semester during law school, um, and I ended up, I was working at Department of Justice in the voting rights section, um, which also kind of created... What an awesome opportunity. When I was looking at yeah, your yeah. bio, I'm like, wow, to have that opportunity to go in there 
and see where all the voting rights violations are taking place and the work that goes behind the scenes to try to fix that. Mm -hmm. You had access to that. That's amazing. Yeah, I was, I was very fortunate, um, you know, and, and, you know, and I ended up getting the opportunity from going to a, a conference in DC for, it was a, the Hispanic, the National Hispanic Bar Association and, you know, met a Latina there who worked at DOJ and, and encouraged me to apply for a fellowship there uh, because they don't really get a lot of Latinos who apply um, and especially those who are fluent in Spanish. Um, and so, you know, she encouraged me to apply, gave me her information uh, and I ended up going out there and that kind of spurred another passion for me too. And, but just the DC life, as you know, Jesse um, is, is amazing. amazing. Yeah, it is. And there's so many opportunities that um, can open up, you know, I know it's expensive to, to live there and it's, it's a very um, uh, transient city and very young and very competitive. Um, but, you know, it does open up, you know, up, it opens up doors. I mean, I ended up at the White House and on Capitol Hill and working on the Obama campaign, uh, running the voter protection efforts uh, for the entire state of Nevada. Um, you know, and then after that, I decided to come home and bring back what I learned. It was amazing to see you up here and to see you shine. You got to introduce me to a lot of good friends while you're up here. Thank you for doing that. And... I'm so happy that you went home and you basically took what made you shine all these leadership skills and you decided I'm going to run for office. Now you went back to Dallas County, which is a very, very, uh, I call it exciting part of the state that just recently went blue. Not even like it was like a decade ago when it, all mm -hmm. the offices in Dallas County started switching to blue. So there's sort of like a, a line to run for certain offices, but you said, I'm not going to wait my turn. My turn is now. And you kind of shook up the system. You ran and you won. How's it been that first term in office? Um, well, let's just say that I, that I did piss a lot of people off. Right? <laughs> um, but, uh, you're supposed to wait your turn to do things. Um, and, and, you know, just to give a little background is I ran against an incumbent that had been there for almost 29 years um, in a Democrat district, uh, which is unheard of. A lot of people don't do that. And it is very difficult. Um, but, you know, I was, I was frustrated about what was going on, not only on a state level, but, you know, also a national level. And, and, you know, I felt that the people of this district and just the people of Texas um, needed someone who's going to stand up and talk about some of these issues. And, you know, a district like this can afford to do that, right? Talk exactly. about all, all the things that these Republicans are, you know, were doing, you know, um, attacking immigrants, attacking um, women, you know, women's health, attacking our, you know, the LGBTQ community. Um, and I just felt like I could do a better job. You can and, you could use that platform. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it was difficult to raise money, but I think that, you know, the people just, they really just wanted something different. They wanted, you know, a, a change and they wanted to know that somebody was going to be fighting for them. And um, you got good you looking know, posters. My God. Thank you. It kind of reminded me of the Obama poster. It was just amazing having you the way you campaigned out there and, and you were just effective. You were just out there. You were, thank you, you were not thank taking you. it for granted. No, um, it was definitely a grassroots um, effort. I mean, that, that was, you know, primarily what it was is knocking on doors, you know, asking folks, you know, what issues are important to you? Um, they've never, they had never had anybody knock on their door to ask them that. Um, and so for them, it was, it was like, wow, like you're the person on this, on this flyer. Um, <laughs> why don't you have somebody else knocking on, you know, knocking on the door? And I was like, well, I, I need to earn your vote. And so it's going to be me that's knocking on these doors too. And so 
Um, it was pretty incredible. I mean, I had uh, an you know an incredible campaign manager. Uh, my family and you know friends really are what made it you know come to fruition. You know, I had my dad and my brothers and my aunts and my uncles and you know putting out yard signs and you know my family. Uh, we've had a Mexican snack business since I was about five and. You know, I didn't realize how integrated we were in the community just, you know, through, you know, businesses, um, family and friends. And they recognize um, you because of the family. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I still sometimes, it's sometimes hard for me to, to, to even come to terms with, wow, like I'm a state representative, right? Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's for so many people. So Do I? like me that grew up in Texas that that one of these days I could run for office. And when I was growing up in my generation, I just said, an openly gay man will never be able to achieve this. And yeah. for you to be able to do this, it's just amazing. And then in Texas, of all places, what are some of the issues that you're working on in the legislature? Um, you know, uh, my, my focus, you know, obviously were, was working on issues that were important in, in the district. And, you know, my district is, um, you know, one of the ones that is going through insane gentrification um, and has been for, I would say, the past 10 years. But, I mean, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. And so um, I, I asked to be put on the Urban Affairs Committee um, to work on affordable housing issues, uh, which is something that's, that's really important here in the district. People getting people throughout the nation, affordable yes. housing throughout the nation. So mm -hmm. that's such an important committee to be on. I'm sorry. And um, and I asked to be on the criminal justice uh, uh, criminal jurisprudence committee. Uh, you know, I have a criminal justice background, and you know, as we know, uh, you know, the the, the system um, does not is there's a disparate impact on people of color, uh, okay. and you know, just just growing up in a district that is you know largely minority, um, you see these things happening, and you know, there's definitely room for improvement, um, you know, with, with as, far, as far as it comes to, you know, criminal justice reform. Um, I got really passionate about human trafficking, actually, uh, which is an issue that I had never really um, delved into in the past. And, you know, I had somebody come in and talk to me at, at my office who had been a victim of, you know, commercial sex trafficking um, for, for almost two decades and had, you know, a, 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 you know, criminal record that was insane. And, and you know, looking at it, you know, there's different things that you can do and just, you know, taking a different approach. And so that's definitely something that I want to continue working on. Um, and really, you know, a, a lot of the work that you can do in the legislature, aside from just, you know, uh, you know, laying out a bill or filing a bill and trying to get that bill passed is, is uh, filing amendments and getting, you know, uh, uh, changing, you know, bad bills to make them less worse, right? Um, exactly. Or, you know, uh, attaching your bill that maybe didn't get traction um, attaching it to somebody else's bill. Um, and you're, you know, so you're able to do that. And that's really one of the, the ways that you can uh, be productive or effective rather and get your stuff, your legislative, you know, your legislative agenda passed. Um, and, um, you know, and just, you know, uh, just fighting against, you know, some of the bad legislation, you know, I'm speaking up on it. Um, you know, that, that those are some of the things that I worked on this past session. Um, you know, as of right now, since we're not in session right now, um, you know, I've kind of, I have some top priorities of, you know, some pieces of legislation that, um, you know, are probably going to be my top three. Um, my top uh, piece of legislation next session is going to be to file and um, hopefully, you know, uh, and I think that we will, is to pass a comprehensive non-discrimination bill um, out of the Texas House for the first time in Texas history. Um, and so, you know, we've been working on that. I've been working on that with, you know, our allies and, um, and it's a, it's a, it's, 
it's a bipartisan issue. Um, and so, you know, we do have some bipartisan support um, as of right now. And so that's going to be my top priority. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue my work on human trafficking. Um, I want to do some work on on trying to pass a, a cannabis legislation. Um, you know, I think that the state could really benefit from uh, the money that the revenue um, that can come from that um, that could go so into public education. Exactly, Colorado's just like reaping a mm -hmm. lot of tax dollars that they're uh, benefiting from. They're benefiting a lot from the marijuana industry and redirecting those dollars to education projects, which mm -hmm. is something Texas could be doing. And it's missing yeah. all these opportunities. So the non-discrimination bill, would it be inclusive of every LGBTQ member of the family? Yeah, yeah. So it would extend uh, non-discrimination protections uh, for the LGBTQ community um, in employment, housing, and public accommodations. So I think a lot of people don't know that Texas is, is one of um, 27 states where we have no protections. Uh, from discrimination based on sexual orientation or, or gender identity. And so, um, so we have sorry? some in the several of the big cities from San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, all the major cities. Mm -hmm. They've signed on board. It's just it hasn't reached the capital yet. Yeah. I mean, right now we, we just kind of have a patchwork, right, um, of certain, like you said, certain cities um, that have you know, implemented that, um, you know, citywide. Uh, but it's not across the state of Texas. And, you know, I don't think that people know that, you know, you can legally get fired from a job, right, or denied housing just because of who you are. And that's just, I mean, it's, it's just unacceptable. We've come a long way, and I'm just so proud to have you on the Capitol steps. You're one of five, correct, LGBT folks up there? I, I am, I am. Yeah, and you actually formed a caucus the first year that you got there. You're one of the co-founders of the caucus? I am. I'm one of the, the founding members and then also serve as the vice chair. So amazing. Talk, talk about the caucus. What, how, do, how was it received? You know, it was actually, I mean, to my surprise, you know, it, it, you, know you never know what to expect when you, you know, walk into the Capitol and you know, <laughs> being, being a freshman. And, you know, um, I mean, I, so I won my uh, primary in March of that year. So I did not have an opponent in November. And so I was rep elect for that year. So, I mean, I did have some opportunity to get a, to kind of get to know some of my colleagues, but you know, so when I won my primary, we already knew that we we're going to have, there were going to be three of us, right? There were already two um, lesbians that were, or two women that were LGBTQ in the house. And um, that was going to make me the fourth because Glenn Maxey, of course, was, was our first LGBTQ legislator. Um, and then, you know, November came around and, you know, we, we had two more folks that, you know, were also, Surprise. so that was, yeah, so that was, <laughs> that was definitely, um, you know, uh, incredible. Um, and so, so, but no, I mean, I, I don't, we all campaigned on, on issues, right? We campaigned, I campaigned on, you know, listening to what my constituents, what, what was important to them, um, affordable housing, um, embracing economic development. You know, we all have issues that we work on. Um, and so, you know, our campaigns were issue based and it's the same thing. You know, we, we are, we're on these committees, we're talking about real issues and it's not about being gay it's, or being LGBTQ. That's not what defines us. And so I think that, I mean, for me, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, where we got, you know, pushback on it per se. Um, I think that it, it humanizes us, it human, you know, and, it, and, and, you know, it's, you know, my, my good friend, Julie Johnson, who is also one of the co-founders. Um, you know, always says it's hard to hate up close, right? And yeah. so, you know, we're on these committees, and it 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 
I think it's a good thing. We're in their face and we have this caucus. And I think that um, the, our, the LGBT community needed to see that. And so, uh, especially, you know, our, our, our younger LGBT community, um, for them to see, right, these five women um, who aren't scared to be themselves um, and that they can feel comfortable going into the Capitol. It's their Capitol and they should never be treated the way they've been treated in the past. And so um, I think it was very well received. Uh, you know, we had some successes. We killed a bunch of bills um, along with, you know, our allies too. Um, but I mean, I would say that, that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what you would expect in Texas. Yeah. Cause everybody thinks of Texas as is red meat, you know, MAGA loving, mm-hmm. but there's certain parts of Texas that are, deep blue and trending blue and areas of purple. And then you get your rural areas that tend to be red, but the state's going through a lot, especially from the last election, uh, midterm election, where we saw a Beto almost winning his election. It kind of woke up some of the progressive folks in Texas. It did. And now that Texas is trending purple, uh, do you see your colleagues across the aisle willing to work with you on some issues? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Or are they more sure. like partisan as ever? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, there's always going to be those issues, Jesse, right, that divide us. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those tend to be, right, women's health issues for some reason, right? And it's always, I'm sorry to say, you know, it's always usually the, you know, the, the men, right, that want to, you know, uh, uh, but and I won't go into that further, but there's always, you know, those main issues that, that divide us. Um, you know, and LGBTQ or pro-equality um, issues have been another one that have divided us. But, you know, in all, in all honesty, you know, serving, you know, with some of these, you know, Republican state representatives that are from these little rural places or these little, you know, uh, very conservative, er- you know, very conservative areas of Texas. Um, they actually, I mean, they, they don't want to vote on these, you know, anti you know, anti-LGBT uh, bills and, um, you know, then they'll, you know, and, you know, and it's a lot of it is, you know, talking to them is like, well, look, do you really think that I should, that I, I should be denied service? You think that's okay that somebody can deny me service just because of who I am? Like, do you, I mean, I equally, I deserve to be in this seat just the same way that you are. I got elected just the same way that you did. And so are you really saying that we should be treated like second class citizens? And they don't, they don't. And, and it always comes back to, right, it being, well, they have to vote with their party or, oh, I have to vote my district. But, you know, research shows that an overwhelming majority of Texans, you know, believe in having an, a comprehensive non-discrimination um, law in the state of Texas. And so in reality, they don't know their districts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think that, that um, I think that we'll get there. I think that, um, again, like I said, you know, there was one piece of legislation that, you know, the LGBTQ caucus worked on um, killing in the house, um, and it was good that we were there because we were able to, um, you know, negotiate a lot to really water that bill down to where it effectively does nothing. Um, and you'd be amazed. You, you, we were amazed that that there were so many Republicans that came up to us and you know and like thank you, thank you for doing that because they don't want to have to vote. They don't want to have to vote on that Amazing. bill because you're going there in offense trying to pass these bills, but man, you guys are playing defense. Like nobody's business because you all are able to prevent such bad laws mm-hmm. from ever seeing the, the light of day. And I appreciate that, that you're working behind the scenes to make sure that civil rights are at the forefront, you know, that they're still protected. And that's a lot. It means a lot to our community that you're doing this. 
If you don't get the praise, I am praising you today. Thank that you, Jesse. Very hard, hard work. Um, what advice do you have for queer people that want to seek office? Um, I think the like if there was like a list of do's and don'ts, what would you tell them? Uh, I would say uh, definitely be just be yourself. Um, I think that's probably one of the most important pieces of advice that I could give. Um, you know, not being afraid to be who you are. Um, I would say that um, you know start creating a base of support. Um, getting involved uh, in, with your community, getting involved in, you know, if you're a Democrat, getting involved in local political groups. I mean, you know, like you got me involved in Stonewall Democrats of Dallas, and then I was kind of stuck being there for <laughs> several years after. Um, and, but, you know, uh, it's important to stay involved in your community and show that, that, you know, you're, you know, that public service is important to you and people in your community are going to see that. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, that helped build my base of support. Uh, and, you know, it, it's hard to raise money. And so really having some of that, 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 that base there, having some foundation, um, I think gives you a little bit, it gives you some more credibility, I think, to, to help, help with raising money. Um, you know, it, it, I didn't run necessarily on, you know, talking about, you know, being a lesbian, right, when I would knock on doors, something that I didn't hide, uh, for sure, because um, that doesn't define who we are. It's just a part of us. Um, and, you know, I, you know, we saw a lot of LGBTQ folks, for, you know, run for office when the same year that I ran. And, and it was, that was pretty amazing. Uh, and in several states too, uh, that we had LGBTQ people um, for the first time, um, you know, uh, you know, win, you know, in a seat in, the, in their house. Right. And so um, that's, I mean, I think that that's probably one of the, the important things is, you know, just being yourself um, and, um, you know, building that base of support um, prior to, to making that leap. Do you plan to run for a higher office? <laughs> um, I've been asked that already before, uh, <laughs> but you just never know. You just never know. And I mean, I will say that I would not dismiss um, an opportunity if it were to present itself on maybe running for the Texas Senate, if that happens to, to it just, if it was the right time and, you know, we still have not had uh, an openly LGBTQ member serve in the Texas Senate. And so, I'm, you know, it may just have to be me someday. I don't know. That's the spirit. Um, <laughs> That's the spirit. I just want to say thank you so much. And if people want to follow you and follow your campaign, uh, the issues that you're fighting for, what are some of the, uh, what are the social media handles that they could follow you at? Uh, well, you can follow me on Instagram uh, and Twitter. My handle is jessica for texas It's all spelled out. Um, and Facebook, you can look me up at State Representative Jessica Gonzalez with a Z at the end, by the way. With a Z, yeah. Yes. Jessica, I want to thank you so much for all the work that you've done for the community and how we all came up fighting the good fight in Dallas. Thank you for being there with me by my side and for just being a good advocate that decided to run because all of us need to run whether it be in the state house, the courthouse, or the White House, we have to run. Thank you, Jessica. Yes, thank you, Jesse, for having me. And you need to come back to Dallas because we miss you here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, All right. thanks. <laughs>